I would really like to be able to forecast cash flow, but I just don't know how. Or if you've ever said something like, I've heard I should be forecasting cash flow, but I don't even know what that means or where to begin. If you've ever said one of these two things, stay tuned because we'll be talking all about forecasting cash flow. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business to business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. For many business owners, a lack of understanding financial processes, documents, and strategies can bring out the strongest feelings of frustration and embarrassment. I get it. Accounting is not fun. It's it's challenging. And if you're not fluent in it, it can just be a, a real daunting task. It can be no fun and embarrassing to tell people you don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't make it any less important. It is one of the crucial things about running a business is the numbers don't lie. Uh, you either have the money to pay your bills or you don't. And our understanding of that um, doesn't change the reality in some cases. The numbers are what the numbers are, whether we're aware of, aware of it or not. So getting to know how the P&L works, which information is represented by which financial statement, or how we could possibly try to know what kind of cash flow position we're going to be in 60 days from now, these can all feel like daunting tasks for sure. Because of this, many business owners just flat out ignore their financials. Or they, uh, especially those with uh, limited understanding of accounting, will assume that their bookkeeper or CPA is going to tell them if there's any major issues. And this is a major, massive mistake. If you're assuming your CPA or bookkeeper or some other uh, paid person is going to tell you if there's a problem and they're assuming you're looking out for it, you could both be assuming that the other person's taking care of it. And meanwhile, nobody's looking at the numbers. Nobody's paying attention and nobody is going to be looking for the red flags that could be popping up. Your company's health is just like your own individual health. You know, when talking about your company's health, their financial health, um, it's just like your individual health. Again, the numbers don't care if you're aware that there's a problem or not. Um, if you develop a massive heart or liver issue, your awareness of that condition in and of itself has zero impact on how fast or slow it gets better or worse. Certainly, your awareness could lead you to make changes to, to re remedy the health problems you have. But just the fact that you're aware of it or not does not change the fact that you have a liver or heart issue. And it's the same thing with accounting. It's the same thing with your financial health. Um, if you're not aware of it, it doesn't mean the problem doesn't exist. So um, while learning the shape our, our, our company is in financially can be intimidating or scary, we don't really have a choice. We have to do it, uh, especially if we have employees counting on us to provide for their families. So over the coming weeks and months, we're going to talk about a, a wide variety of accounting documents uh, and the things we need to pay attention to. Today, we're going to focus on uh, forecasting our cash flow. Um, and the reason I'm starting with this one rather than a P&L or a balance sheet, um, for me, this is one of the most crucial things is knowing when I need to alter my buying habits. Um, sometimes there's a three payroll month. Sometimes we have large expenses that we don't normally have. And uh, 
getting out in front of those things and identifying those things well before they happen uh, and altering our buying habits, if, if necessary, or spending habits, uh, that's pretty crucial. And uh, also paying attention to your cash flow will lead you to ask questions about your P&L and other, other financial documents that you wouldn't um, otherwise ask. So that's why we're starting with the, the cash flow forecasting. It's one of the easier things, I think, for us to do ourselves. It's one of the most in, intuitive things for us to, to just start paying attention to. Um, I think it's a little easier in, for, in some cases than, than studying the P&L or balance sheet especially. Um, and it can lead to, to more direct action because uh, we understand it better, I think, for the most part. Uh, and the other thing is it's not as difficult as it sounds. Uh, if, you're, if you're savvy with Excel at all, uh, you can build your own cash flow forecasting tool. If you're not, you can just go buy one. Um, there's plenty of those out there. Uh, I found some for as little as $150. I think I found one for $130 a month. Um, so if you don't like Excel or you're just not interested in investing the time, uh, whatever the case may be, you can just go buy one. If that sounds too expensive and you, or you'd rather do it yourself, you can build a spreadsheet that will tell you what you need to know in, in less than a few hours. Um, personally, I like building my own spreadsheet. I'm fairly comfortable with, with Excel, but mainly I like it to be customizable. I like to be able to tweak it as necessary and get the information I want not to be locked into the information that the cash flow forecasting um, softwares think I should be paying attention to. They have good, they have good things, uh, metrics for me to pay attention to, but there's also things I want to know that they don't necessarily tune into. So uh, today we're mostly going to be talking about that method of kind of creating your own. Again, it's not as complicated as it sounds. Um, if you're going to be buying one of the tools though, it's very intuitive. They're going to ask you a series of questions. It's just data entry. Um, they're going to ask you a question. You're going to provide the answer and it's going to spit out a number for you. And it's going to talk about the days of cash you have on hand. You'll start to get familiar with what, what normal is for you. If normal for you is to have, you know, 43 days of cash on hand or 18 days of cash on hand or 97 days of cash on hand, you'll start to get a sense for what normal is for you. And then you can start to get a sense for when you need to make alterations to your spending habits when all of a sudden you see that there's a, you know, if you're used to having 44 days of cash on hand and all of a sudden you have 27, you, you'll know you need to start paying attention to that. So, uh, again, the the ones you can purchase, very intuitive, very easy. We're going to talk a little bit more about the one you can create yourself uh, just in case uh, you'd like to go down that path. Um, it's a little more complicated, but it's much more customizable. And uh, I prefer I prefer that one just for that reason. So, um if you're if you're primarily paid COD, meaning you get paid at the time of service, uh, you can use the cash uh, cash basis PL to provide all the data you need to build your own um, uh, spreadsheet. If you're mostly paid after the fact, if you're net thirty, uh, something like that, you'll you'll want to use a, an accrual basis PL and possibly have to pull some historical data from your accounts receivable reports, especially if you're writing off a lot of bad debt, or especially if you're dealing with clients who pay late. You're going to need to pay attention to historically um, what percentage of your um, accounts receivable dollars out there are you receiving on a given week. If you're going to if you're going to use um, your outstanding uh, accounts receivable number as the basis to to start putting the numbers in, you got to figure out if if you're um, typically you're owed a hundred thousand dollars on any given week, what percentage of that hundred thousand dollars is going to be coming in 
and you can you can start making uh, you can start forecasting what percentage of that money is going to be actually hitting your checking account each week. Um, you'll want to pay attention to if you have if you have um, some weeks that pay um, better than others throughout the month. For some industries, the first or second week is uh, is better for getting paid. For other ones, it's the end of the month or the middle of the month. Um, it really depends on your customer mix. Um, but you're going to see some trends there and you're going to want to use those trends to help you forecast what you can expect. So, um, I personally like breaking things up into weeks. Um, and I like to look at the number of weeks in the month and, and figure out which one is going to be, um, paying the, the best. Right. And it's not going to be, you know, for, for, for most folks, it's not going to be a huge difference. I wouldn't anticipate a, a big difference. Like you're going to get twice as much money on week one as you are week three. It's probably going to be a few percentage points, but if depending on how big your AR is, uh, that might be big enough to pay attention to. Um, so the next thing is once you kind of figure out, well, what weekly, what you would anticipate getting in payments, deposits to your checking account, um, then just create a, a list of known monthly expenses, which have a fixed date, like rent, medical and liability insurance, lease and loan payments, those kinds of things that are due on the 1st or due on the 5th or due on the 20th or due on the 25th, 15th, whatever the date, whatever the date is, just create a list of known expenses that have a fixed date and put those somewhere in your spreadsheet. Just, you know, for me, I just kind of put them off to the side and just create a list. I went through my checking account um, and just anything I knew that was a recurring monthly expense that had a, a, a set date that automatically came out of my checking account or I had to pay by a certain date. Um, then I, I uh, put that on the list. So for instance, if you're writing a check for rent and it's due on the 1st, but you know you write the check on the 25th every month to make sure it gets to wherever it's going on time, use the 25th as the date, not the 1st. We're, we're, we're using the dates that the money is leaving our checking account, not the date that the bill is due. After we had the list of things that have fixed dates, uh, then we're going to add in the variable things. Uh, variable but recurring expenses, which may not happen on a fixed date. This could include payroll if you're paying if you're doing payroll biweekly instead of the 15th and 30th or first and 15th or whatever or fifth and 20th. Um, if you're doing payroll every two weeks, then that would fall into that category. Other expenses like subcontractors, sometimes those just happen um, as needed, um, but they're still recurring. They're going to happen on a regular basis. Uh, office expenses, et cetera, those kinds of things that you know you're going to have on a recurring basis but aren't necessarily due on a given specific date every month, like the first. Um, so we'll create a list of those things. Uh, personally, for me, again, I like to look at each week, um, and I forecast out through the end of the following month. So if it's June, I want to look out through the end of July. If it's October, I'm looking out through the end of November. Um, so at the beginning of a given month, I'm looking out eight to nine weeks and towards the end of that month, I'm looking out five to six weeks. Um, I don't have a, a real compelling reason for that other than, uh, getting out 90 days, it starts to get a little fuzzier on things, big expenses like subcontractors and things like that. But if you know what your workload is going to be three months out, then, you know, there's no reason not to forecast out 90 days. Uh, for me and my business, it just didn't make sense because we didn't we didn't schedule our workout that far, um, so we did we didn't we you know it was just way more guessing than forecasting. And I want to forecast; I don't want to guess. 
Um, it's a crucial that we pick one day per week that we'll be looking at as the, the start and finish point. Um, I always liked Fridays. Um, again, Tuesdays works just as good. Uh, I like Fridays because I like to end the week having that comfort and, uh, being able to sleep over the weekend, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, so if Friday is the day, then I add in the deposits I expect to happen from Saturday through Thursday. And then I have uh, two columns for expenses. Uh, I have anticipated expenses, and then I have actual expenses. I like to look at what what I forecasted, and then right next to that, as the actual expenses come in, I put in what the actual dollars were, because I like to see how closely I'm forecasting and start seeing trends where I'm making errors in forecasting, so I can clean that up and make it more accurate and learn from my mistakes. Um, and then in Excel, I just create formulas which total up the deposits and subtract the expenses, and that leaves a final number for cash on hand on the day of the week I picked. Um, and then that number is the starting point for the next week. And I just copy and paste the cells in Excel uh, down below, and I just have kind of a rolling weekly uh, spreadsheet. They, they, the formulas use the ending point for the week as the basis for the starting point for the next week. And again, the formulas total up the deposits, they total up the expenses. And uh, I look at my forecasted expenses, I look in my deposits, and I look at my forecasted, uh, or my actual numbers, and I see where I was right, and I see where I was wrong, and I make adjustments in my forecasting based on the trends I see. So that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, if, if you're not super familiar with Excel, or even if you are, it might take you a few weeks to get the formulas dialed in. I don't think it's uh, super complicated for most folks. Um, it might take some trial and error. The main thing is we just start, we got to start paying attention to this. And it is uh, um, daunting as it may seem or time consuming or whatever. Uh, there's plenty of reasons to say not to do this, but you can't necessarily bounce back from not being able to make payroll. Uh, there's just certain things that you may not be able to bounce back from, and you're running short on cash is one of those things. Uh, I think it's really dangerous and and uh, uh, scary to be not paying attention to this. This is one of the things I think we really got to be on the lookout for. So the first step with anything like this is to just decide to pay attention. Uh, making sure you have the ability to pay your bills is pretty crucial. Again, if you if you miss payroll. Um, that's a catastrophic error. I don't know that you can necessarily always come back from. If your employees don't have confidence that you can make payroll, that's a pretty big hurdle to overcome. Uh, again, knowing when to alter your spending habits based on seasonality or large upcoming expenses, or again, just a three payroll month, those kinds of things can can uh, can create a real problem for you. Uh, so just give it a shot if you're comfortable with uh, spreadsheets, or again, if you're not, just just buy the software. It's just as easy to do it that way. If you don't need the customizable thing uh, or the customizable uh, criteria is not a big deal to you, then just buy the software. Um, and just realize that everybody was an accounting novice when they started. Nobody is inherently born with the skills to know how to build a cash flow forecasting uh, spreadsheet. It's something you have to learn, and you can just learn it by getting reps. But you're going to gain some insight about your cash flow that's going to be immensely valuable that you would not possibly otherwise get if you weren't paying attention to these things and tracking the numbers um so just give us just get started and try it out like anything uh worth doing you're going to stumble here and there but you're going to catch on before you know it and uh you're going to get a lot of great information out of this so um 
again, if you don't want to do it yourself, you can buy the tool. If you want to do it yourself, I walk you through how I did it. It's fairly simple, fairly straightforward. And uh, that's it for this week. I want to just say uh, thank you all for paying attention. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this has been a lot of fun for me so far, and I hope you're getting some valuable information out of it. If you are and you know a business owner who you think could benefit from this, please feel, for, uh, feel free to share this with them, uh, especially if they're a business owner in a service industry. Uh, and if you have time, give us a rating and review. And, and uh, if you can spare a couple minutes for that, we'd sure appreciate that as well. So hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll talk to you all soon.